Welcome to the podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on movies, comics, and pop culture. We aren't afraid to give you an honest take and won't pull any punches. This is Films in Black and White. We're celebrating the day. What's up, everybody? I am Doug Wagner. Big celebrations today. Listen, my name is Marcus Destin, but nobody gives a damn about that. Okay, listen. Huge, big celebrations today. Big, big celebrations. You are giddy today. Like, just downright excited. Listen, this is what happens when you put things into the into your environment you know yeah. what i'm saying positive reinforcements yeah gonna, i'm taking credit for all of this okay because quite frankly right. we did this films of black and white is the reason for oh yeah this happening yep and we will get to that this in the news um in the news segment when we get to that uh, but because it's a big day and it's an exciting day <laughs> Especially for Marcus. Ooh, so, yes. um, oh God, that air horn. Is <laughs> <out there. laughs> it's, it's doing its job. You know what I'm which saying? Is, which is exactly what it's for. It's doing but, its job. But Marcus, yes. we are uh, slowly <laughs> like bears in springtime coming out of hibernation that is isolation from COVID. Yeah. How are you feeling? You're getting out into the world again. How are things going? No, I'm not getting out into the world. I'm okay, going home. Right. <laughs> I'm going. I'm helping my parents move. Uh, I go to Walmart occasionally, and I go back home. Um, oh, that's by it. the way, uh, this week was the week of run-ins from the Wagner family with Marcus. It Absolutely. Like, I saw you there, I think, yep. twice. My wife saw you there once. Yep. We just it, kept seeing you, which is we, fine. We, uh, me and Brittany had this weird, um, we had this weird moment of like peeking at each other because like when everybody yeah. wears their mask, nobody knows who's who, and it's like, um, yeah. So like, comic books were on to something because it was like you put a mask on, and oh yeah, apparently nobody could tell what this, nobody could tell who's who because she like yeah. stopped. And I was like, is that Britney? I said, that looks like Britney, but I don't know. And it was, and I saw Doug, he was like in a rush trying to like, he like he was about to grill or something. And I was yep. like, yeah, it looked like you're in a rush. And and then I went by the house and then we went to do like a whole nother project. Outside yeah. of it. So, We've seen a lot of each other over the course of this past week. We have, I think this is my slow introduction into uh, the real, Doug is probably the only person outside of Brooke and um, my parents that I think that I've been <laughs> like interacting with in the in the quarantine. You know sure. what I'm saying? So, yep. um, but you know, I'm not liking it. I'm scared as hell. Um, yeah. I heard China ha- is having their second wave of coronavirus yep. already, like affected mm-hmm. like over 100 million. So I don't know if it's too soon. I do know it is too soon. Um, but people are getting stir crazy, and if you don't let them out, there's going to be a riot. And so I don't know what to take. I feel like everybody's going to start coming back to work around June-ish. And yeah, June, maybe... June 1 is when we go back. So Oh, really? Really? Yeah, oh, so man. campus will be a little bit more plugged into people, places, and things on June 1. So that's mm-hmm. that's coming. And I, and I kind of agree with you. I, I, I am one of those people who's starting to get stir-crazy and starting to go out um, a little bit more because the gym opened up on Friday mm-hmm. um, with some restrictions in place. Did um, you go? Yeah, and I have been this week. Okay. So yeah. it's only nine people allowed in a class at a time, and classes are shortened, and we're wiping everything down. And yeah, absolutely. Um, it's I, I feel safe doing it, but there is also this this kind of thought in the back of my head of like, what if? So, yeah. um, but it is nice just to kind of get a glimpse of the routine back. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be perfect, and it's not going to be 
100%, but it's nice to get a little bit of the routine back. I still think that people need to be safe and we need to be smart. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to go into a store, I'm going to wear a mask and I'm going to yeah. wash my hands. I'm going to wipe all my groceries down, like all that stuff I'm still going to do. But mm-hmm. um, it is nice to get some version of a routine back. And I, I want to say something. They probably don't listen to this podcast because all of our Faithful Five listeners are good people and they are great people. Okay? You know what? Uh, and we're going to start calling them that. The faithful, faithful five. The faithful five. Until you get into a successful six or a, a sublim or a, a superb seven. Yep. Um, but you know we we'll have something for you as yep. we grow until yep. we hit like ten, and then after that y'all just gonna get hats that just like like that just have the number five on them. Yeah, there you go. Like yep. the like SNL, like the you know the five timers club. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, kind of like that. But to everybody on the outside, I watched the video of this lady coughing on somebody deliberately. Because she couldn't sit at a table for social distancing. Stop doing stupid shit. Like, right. I don't understand for the life of me. How entitled do you feel? And this isn't even like, it's not even necessarily a race thing. You know right. what I'm saying? Because yep. I would, I, like, not that I would love to. I would say that, oh, it's just white people. But it's not. Because somebody broke up a, a, a party that was like a, a block party. Um, and it was like, they weren't they weren't the cops got stuff thrown at them because they were they were breaking up the social distancing thing they weren't obliging by the rules the people weren't um but like stop doing stupid shit like y'all making things extremely harder than they have to be but coughing on somebody deliberately while they're trying to tell you like hey i'm practicing social distancing right. is stupid as hell like really the dumbest thing and i for well, the life then, of me can't understand why you do it well and then there's that other thing that's just like karma's kind of a bitch like she just she'll catch up with you at some point in time and the the best example of that is you remember when this all started happening and the NBA was just making their decision. And I feel like it was somebody, I can't remember his name and I don't remember what team, but uh, in his dinner, was it Rudy Gray? It might've been, but he was basically, <laughs> he basically was in his press conference and he like put his hands all over the table and like coughed on the mics as he walked out. Cause he was like, it's not a big deal. Then not two days later, they're like, He's tested positive for the yes. coronavirus. Like, not just him. It's, it's his team. It's his got entire team. Too. So part of me is like, look, if you want to go ahead and tempt fate like that and tempt karma like that, please go nuts. Um, nature has a way, to, a way of weeding out stupid. <laughs> so if you want to be the person who's going to be the jackass who's coughing on somebody in a store because – you can't sit at this table because people are trying to take precautions for the good of everybody else. I'll never understand it. Yeah, I'll never I, understand I, I don't either. So. And, and, I, and I get like everybody's a little bit on edge, but I wish people would just be, I don't know, like kind. Like I, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be difficult. Like be a normal person. Yes. Like if you wouldn't, I would never in a million years cough on somebody if I were at Corona or not, Corona or not, like I'm not going to cough in somebody's face to make my point. So I feel like if it's like, if you wouldn't do it now, if restrictions weren't in place and this weren't a thing, like you definitely shouldn't do it. So I don't know. I just don't understand it. And I'm with you on that one. So. It's, yeah, people are just being stupid, but yeah. on a lighter note, welcome to another episode of films on black and white with and a, with, and I'm white. <laughs> and don't forget our political side of extra. We we don't we, with a dash of politics. Right. Yeah. Black and white. You know what it is? Films in black and white is a shot of tequila with a politics lime chaser. There it's you go. A little bitter, and you're not really gonna like it. Yep. Uh, you're gonna have to deal with it. 
in order to prepare in order to enjoy everything else like a nice we're a nice margarita we are ebony and ivory margarita and politics are the salt around the rim and you know you taste it but it's also necessary for the (laughs) shit we gotta get done so (laughs) if one of our faithful five wants to create a recipe for a black and white margarita i will gladly i will gladly create a facebook live of me trying to make it from home i would love that don't make it black you can make it. it's easier to make it white. Yeah. Don't I don't know if I drink a black As margarita. is with everything. Just black <laughs> is bad, white is yeah. good. Oh, what else is new? You know what? I want to make it black because that's the person I am. You know what? Why, why do we have to only drink white things? Inclusiveness. Right. Bitch on everybody. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> as we as you casually, oh yeah, well. Yeah, anyway, moving on. Um, Marcus, what are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you reading? Anything in particular jumping out at you? Oh, I got some dope ass shit. Hold on, stay right there. Okay. Fuck. Okay. I almost forgot. Okay, so I don't know what he's gonna get. So get some comic books. I have was blessed enough to pick up some things, right? Okay. Some very special things, collecting things. Some people sent me some stuff, right? Okay. Um, these are just a few. I didn't grab all of them. Okay. The very first comic book I've ever read, The Death of Superman. All right. Right. So for those of you that can see, super special. I remember the very first comic book that got me into comic books. I remember going in my uncle's um, closet, yeah. reaching in. He had this big box of comics. This was the very first thing that I pulled out was all right. um, The Death That's of really Superman. Cool. Very, very super. So I also got the Reign of Superman collection as well. But um, the doper part is Marvel has this variant, hip hop variant covers, right? Okay. So you and I talked about these last week, I think. We did talk about these last week. This is the first one, Invincible Iron Man. And uh, the album cover is 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. That's an awesome cover. I love that. This one is uh, T'Challa, Black Panther. And this one is uh, the Black Album by Jay-Z. Oh, I love that one. And then this one is J. Cole. It's a Nova, but it's the J. Cole cover of Born Center for J. Cole. So when you got a chance, go look those up. These are just some of the things that I have. I also got like the Reign of Superman, um, Death of a Friend, Funeral for a Friend, um, just some dope-ass shit. Like I'm going to read once, and then I'm going to frame them and hang them. Yeah, that's really cool. I love those variant covers, too. I feel like you can look at them. You can look at all of them like in like a buzzfeed article or something like yep. that we can look mm-hmm. at all of them they're super super cool yep. um we'll try and find a link so you can see them all and we'll post it in our facebook page later absolutely absolutely yeah. so yeah what about you though what have you been reading watching hearing listening to what, what else um so i have been currently watching uh the last dance which is the sort of sports documentary about michael jordan yeah, um, okay. for those of you who do not know um, and this may be an inner working into the Wagner household, but my wife is a avid basketball fan. Okay, it, yeah. She, she loves basketball, everything. And so I remember, so we were watching this and there's a clip of like 1995 or 1996 all-star team. And Brittany's like, I think I can name every player on that bench. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like she took this seriously. So we've been watching it cause I've heard it's really, really good. And it's, yeah. it's very, very interesting just from like a team dynamic perspective. And, and I mean, there's so much legendary stuff behind Michael that, that growing up we heard about and he still talked about today as one of the best 
the best basketball player of all time. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see how it goes. And I'm, I'm very curious. We still have the last two episodes, nine and 10 to watch, but man, it's really good. Like it's really, yeah. really good. Are you, so, a, are you a Jordan, are you and Brittany like Jordan fans in particular, or just a fan of basketball in general? Brittany is a Jordan fan. Okay. Um, I didn't grow up watching basketball. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't my sport. I tried it for a season and never really got into it. And mm-hmm. I always knew he was really good. Like just from friends talking about him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had a pair of Allen Iverson shoes. Oh, the questions? Like the Reeboks? I think when I was in sixth grade. Those are nice shoes, though. They were sweet. They were white with the red bottom. Like, they were really, really cool. Um, Anyway, so that's that's the extent of my basketball, like, fandom. Um, But – but over, I mean, I, I appreciate it from like the documentary perspective because mm-hmm. there's all of this behind the scenes stuff that like I just didn't know about, uh, mm-hmm. uh, about the drama and all the other things associated with it. So, um, yeah. I mean, from, a, it, from an organizational leadership perspective, I don't agree with the way Michael handled things. No, um, I mean, from, it sounds like from, I mean, and you can love him or hate him. I mean, his results kind of speak for himself. Um yeah as far as what he was able to accomplish. Um, I think he had a very interesting relationship with other members of his team yeah. and they all sort of love him, but it's almost to the extent of like a Stockholm syndrome. They love him. Like it was yeah. like, he was verbally abusive in practices, but that's just Michael being Michael. Like, it's yeah. like, no man, like he's being a dick. Like yeah. I think, but I mean, he brought people together and that team had great chemistry and they played really, really well together. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's been the most interesting to me is the leadership qualities in it, because there's, I mean, his, his whole philosophy, and this is kind of where I'll leave it before we get off the rails. And this is a Jordan, uh, Jordan podcast. Um, It's it's technically a film. So you're on the right path. That's that's accurate. Um, So maybe I'll spend more time on it. Um, But the way that I look at it is he, his whole thing of like, I would rather build the other people up around me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that whole philosophy that he had initially of like putting his other players first Mm -hmm. to be the most successful that they can be, I think is in the right place. I think some of the behind the scenes execution stuff um, is where I would probably disagree with his leadership choices. I think his heart was in the right place and his head was in the right place. I think as far as, how that manifested itself of being ultra competitive, like even in practices. Um, I, I don't know if I agree with, but the other thing is, is that, you know, he's a competitor and they're wired different. You know what I mean? Like they are, they are some people it is, they are fixated and it is only that goal and everything else doesn't matter. Um, or only three things matter and everything else is bullshit and I have to ignore it. And so it's possible that there's maybe being nice was just one of those things where he was like, I don't have time to be nice. Like if you want to be nice, join the boy Scouts. Like I'm here to win a championship and you're either on the bus or not. So I kind of, I don't know. I kind of, I see it both ways, but yeah, I don't know. I disagree. Um, Not a fan of how he handled things. Not also not a fan of, because a lot of people are doing that. Um, He's a competitor and they, you know, Mm -hmm. he's a competitor. He's a competitor. Kobe was a competitor too, but I don't see Kobe doing a lot of the things that um, Michael did. Also, I feel like he put his team first and pushed them in order to satisfy his own needs. And then I think that's where I draw the line is who's a leader and who's really doing these things because Mm -hmm. it benefits you and makes you look good on the back end. Like, of course, the... um, 
Of course, the side effect is, oh, the team wins and we get the accolades, but nobody really talks about the team. They talk about Jordan. You right. mentioned the 96 Bulls and say, yeah, the 96 Bulls was like a championship team. But like, you know, why do you do the things you do? Because you want to see them be, right. be great or because you want to win. Like, right. which one is it? And yeah. I think that that team aspect of basketball looked very different when he went to go play baseball. And when it was just Michael, I think it kind of I think it mirrors that kind of self-discipline and that kind of stuff like that. So not a fan of how he handled things. I think that's the other, the most shocking thing, like of the documentary, the team drama, I didn't find shocking. That's just pulling the covers back on something that was already there. Mm -hmm. I think the most shocking thing was hearing about his baseball career because I I grew up watching baseball with my dad and and baseball was always a sport I enjoyed pouring myself into, still do now. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Jordan, after the season he played in the minor leagues or half of the season he played in the minor leagues before the strike, the union strike, mm -hmm. he was hitting 202. Mm -hmm. what, which, does that, what does that mean? The, 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 describe that. So his batting average was 202, which means that for, you know, every fourth time he went up to bat, he got a, he record, recorded a hit. But to start his baseball career, he went on like a 15 game hitting streak where he went up and he hit at least once in those 15 games. And there are, when you talk to baseball folks, um, hitting 202 as someone who came from basketball with no professional baseball experience mm -hmm. and going, I mean, Tim Tebow could, didn't hit 202 mm -hmm. and he had a baseball background and arguably was maybe built a little bit better for baseball because football's upper body translates a little bit more than basketball does. Yeah. I mean, they were saying that had he had a full minor league season, he would have eventually made it to the major league. Like he was just able to, through his discipline and his routine and the way his brain was just wired, mm -hmm. he would have been able to overcome it. But, you know, uh, baseball went on strike and mm -hmm. he wouldn't cross the picket line and be a scab. So he basically used that as an opportunity to go back and play basketball. So yeah. um, interesting. Very, very interesting. Very so, interesting. Anyway. That was a good little tangent. Yeah. So uh, those uh, at listeners would remember from our last uh, news episode, we yeah, introduced you. A new segment. Don't don't just let me get it out. <laughs> my bad. We introduced a new a new a, a new segment to the podcast um, called Stump the Chumps. I mean, we don't really remember what we called it, uh, so that's what I'm calling it now. Um, but it's the quiz element of films in black and white, where Marcus and I read each other a quote from a movie, um, and we see if we can guess the movie, um, and if we can take it even a step further, guess the person who said it. Yeah. So, Marcus, do you want to use your little air horn? Or... That's me. Oh, okay. do we want to use the air horn? I got you. When you can, you were really excited that. about it. Actually, I'm going to use something else. <laughs> okay. There you go. All That's right. You. Awesome. Thank you. Um, do you... <laughs> you... This is gone off, this is gone off the rail. <sighs> Do you want to read your quote first, or would you like me to go first? Who went first the last time? I think you went first last time. All right, you can go first this time. Okay. All right. You ready? You ready? Are you ready? Uh, actually, I'm not. So you go ahead. Okay. And it, All, right, All right. Here we go. Are you ready for the quote? I am. The past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Uh. Jesus. Uh, past can hurt, but you can either run from it or learn from it. 
Oh, man. I have no idea. I want to say, here's what I want to say. Okay. I want to say Kung Fu Panda because this sounds like something, a theme to that movie in general. Okay. But. Yeah, man, I think you got me. I have no idea what movie that's from. It's going to piss me off when I You got to make a guess. You got to make a guess. My official guess then is Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. You are incorrect. I thought so. Incorrect. Uh, The correct movie is The Lion King. Oh, God damn it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. You want to guess who said it? Give half a credit. The monkey said it. It was Rafiki. It was Rafiki. Yes. (laughs) Because <laughs> that's when he started kicking his ass with the stick. Yeah, I, I knew. Here's why I picked that one because yeah. it was a Disney movie, and I was like, "He's the last week we had something a little bit deeper. We went from uh, we what was the last last week's was um, Hannibal Hannibal Lecter. Yep, so we went from Hannibal Lecter to Disney. So I just kind of wanted to switch it up. You know what I'm saying? And I guess I just didn't watch that movie as much. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's good. God damn it, that makes me mad. I feel like <laughs> all right. Okay, you ready for mine? I am. All right. You don't really want to know. You want to be fooled. But you wouldn't clap yet because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. I have an idea. Okay. I have an, I have an idea. All right. But I feel like I'm wrong. You want me to read it again? Yeah, read it again. Okay. <laughs> you don't really want to know. You want to be fooled, but you wouldn't clap yet because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. I'm going to just make a guess. Okay. Um, I want to say now you see me. That is incorrect. Ah, fuck. Well, I, is. What is it? It's The Prestige. Oh, I've never seen The Prestige. Oh, it's such a good Is movie. that the one with Mark Wahlberg? No, that's the one with uh, like Christian Bale and Michael Caine. Oh, I've never seen that Johansson. One. Oh, I've never seen that one. I yeah, it's watch. good. Okay. Really good. And Hugh Jackman's in it, too. Yeah, very good. Ah, uh, fuck. Who says that? Michael Caine's character does. Okay. God yeah. damn, I would have never guessed that. We, so last week, we both got it right. This it week, we, we both got it wrong. <laughs> All right, cool. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's cool. Fair. Well, uh, let's get... What's up, everybody? We need to take a moment to talk about this week's sponsor. Have you heard about Anchor? You haven't. Let me tell you, it is the easiest way to record a podcast. What makes it so easy? Well, first off, it's free. So right out of the gate, that's a plus. Second, it's got great tools to make creation and editing from your phone or computer super, super smooth and super, super fun. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And finally, it's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you want to make the jump and start your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, back to our show. The meat and potatoes of the episode, which is our news segment. Damn right. So, you are very excited, and I want you to go first, because I want to hear you, the joy in your voice, when you give me your first piece of news. Uh, should I go first? I mean, I don't want to make you wait. It's kind of like uh, making a kid wait on Christmas to open his presents. Like, just go nuts, man. All right, here we go. Yeah! 
Ladies and gentlemen, um, just one more time. I'm sorry. Just... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, after after about ten episodes of fuck Josh Whedon, <laughs> and in episode eleven, it's still fuck Josh Whedon. Yep. It was announced today that Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League is going to be released in 2021 on HBO Max. Zack's original cut of this movie, the beautiful masterpiece, is going to be released in 2021 on HBO Max. I just, I just don't know what else I can say. Um, we did it. Mission accomplished. We, That's what we listen. Here's what here's what I was trying to say in the beginning of the episode. This would have not like, of course, like oh, release the Snyder cut. The hashtag was going around, and yep. of course, the fans were going crazy. That this didn't happen because of them. I'm telling you now, this happened because of us. Yep. Two because people we in South Dakota start a podcast. You know what? We put a target on Josh Whedon's back, and we say, "Hey, fuck you, Josh Whedon." The faithful five <laughs> plus Doug and I. Says fuck Josh Whedon with all the confidence in the world, okay? <laughs> and because we said it with all the confidence in the world, HBO and Warner Brothers, they heard us. Like, yep. They heard us say, they didn't hear us, they felt us. Oh, they felt yeah. the hell out of us with consent, okay? And, and, and we said, fuck you, Josh Whedon. And yep. they said, you know what? You're right. right. Fuck Josh Whedon. And now it's time for Zack Snyder's version to 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 shine okay now let me give you some news okay so they said that um earlier this year it was rumored that Zack snyder had a private viewing with um with the executives at warner brothers okay, okay. Had a private viewing with them then it was said that magically the studio switched their perspective from supergirl um a supergirl movie to just focusing back to putting superman back on the big screen okay now they have batman as well let me tell you why this is special okay okay this is special because warner brothers isn't is going to reportedly spend about 20 million plus to finish zach snyder's cut mm -hmm. that much money invested into a movie says fuck josh whedon we want what was originally <laughs> supposed to be given to us they saw something so good in a private screening that they said we're willing to throw 20 million plus at this motherfucker all right okay. all right they are excited they are ecstatic he said that the film that we saw the justice league original film that we saw was only one fourth of what he created a fourth oh my god could you imagine if Josh Whedon fucked up a fourth? What happens when Zack Snyder comes back and makes a whole... He said it's a whole different experience. Jesus. Can right. you fucking imagine? Martian Manhunter was supposed to be in this movie. Black-suited Superman was supposed to be in this movie. All those... Re there is no mustache Superman in this fucking movie. Doomsday is supposed to be in this movie. Green Lantern is supposed to be in this goddamn movie. Right. That where is my goddamn sound effects? Look, listen, <laughs> we are here, everybody, okay? And it's because of us that things have just, that we're here, okay? Yeah. okay. I'm so fucking excited. All right, so I want to spend some time and I want to ask you a follow-up question. Now, I am going to play the... I'm going to play the role of devil's advocate just for a moment. Give it to me. I'm ready to fight. So... 
Avengers Endgame was three hours. Yes. And we had 10 years. Mm -hmm. This is a point a friend of mine made on Twitter. And I disagreed. I disagree with that point, which was this. He brings up this point, which is Avengers was three hours. We had 10 years of investment with these characters. And we saw some character arcs start and stop. And there was a lot of like emotional and time put in. Mm-hmm. There has not been as much time put in okay. to some of these characters in the cinematic universe that's been created. I mean, mm-hmm. Batman and Superman from Justice League really only had one movie before that. Same with Wonder Woman. Some of the other ones, this is the first time that we're seeing them. So my question for you is, mm-hmm. do you at all fear that some of these character arcs are not going to be fully flushed out and we're still going to be left wanting more even with this cut that's being released. And my second question is, do you feel like this is fair for, and obviously I think it's fair because I like doing this podcast, but is it fair for fans to put so much pressure and be so entitled to seeing a particular cut of a movie when there is some sort of artistic element to it? Hmm. The answer, I'm going to answer this. Yes, I'm fearful that the character arcs, because they didn't take a traditional route in introducing these characters to us. Yep. Do I give a fuck? No. Um, <laughs> because, awesome. because That's great. That's the answer I wanted. <laughs> because because, I because wanted. Let's, let's be honest. The way that we consume, the way that comic books are, just because that somebody did it one way, that's a completely different studio. True. Very good so, point. So my thing is, we've seen Aquaman and the successes of Aquaman, right? Yep. We got a little bit more of that Aquaman, and we see how successful he can be. And we didn't get introduced to him through Justice League properly. I would say that we didn't get introduced to him properly. Sure. But he still was able to have a movie of his own. We There are other characters. Batman and Superman, they had their film. Wonder yep. Woman had her film. In actuality, in my eyes, there's only two more characters that we really need to introduce, and it's Flash and Cyborg. Yep. So for me, it says, we established enough grounding in Batman versus Superman, the director's cut. Don't just do the regular theatrical cut, right? Go and watch the director's cut of Batman versus Superman. It answers every question that you have. We bring that then here, okay? Because it's like the comic books. Right. How many comic books does it take for you to get invested into a character? I'm thinking Batman was one, World's Finest, one. That's one comic yep. book for me. Yep. Then point. we talk about Wonder Woman's film, that's another. Then we talk about, the, and then you bring in the additional characters into this movie, just like the DC animated films. DC an- animated films, they gave us Batman first, then they introduce all the rest of the superheroes through that, so what's the difference? That's why I'm not necessarily worried about that. It's a great point to bring up, not worry. Yes, you want to be emotionally invested into these characters, but also here's the other point, Doug, that yeah. I wish people would get. In the context of things, we can't go backwards. So we're not going to be able to redo this. Let's be grateful that we have this opportunity to witness Zack Snyder when he did Watchmen. I was just as invested invested into those characters um, when he just showed us the one film and gave us tons of emotion in this film. Yeah. And when everything happened in the, at the end of that film, I was just as invested. And sure. I didn't need four different movies to get me there. That sure. was just, Marvel just did something new. Really yeah. kind of new-ish. They were the first to develop a cinematic universe. Um, the second question was, is it fair? Yes. Because this is about the consumer. Okay. Um, and I think that a lot of the times, and I will also go on the spiel, and I have this conversation with Doug all the time. Um, yeah. 
when it comes to the university level of higher or when it comes to higher education yeah. that a lot of the times we forget about the consumer aka the students when you're talking about higher education and we forget about um the consumer we're the ones buying the product the film may the industry may think that we should force this joker movie because joker was so successful we should force him to join robert pattinson in all honesty may not be the best bet but because if a studio gets money hungry and it doesn't make any sense they'll be like no let's combine these two and you can put them on screen together they have no chemistry and the shit just come right. out whack right when you say release the snyder cut when we have all this information Zack snyder is showing us no I was going to give you the movie you deserved, right. not just the movie you deserved. I was going to be a launch pad into right. um, Batman's death, which was intended to be um, in the next Justice League movie. Batman was going to die. Superman was going to be this one. Like these characters were going to. This was the start of the character in, um, development. Like yeah. this is where it's, instead of being let's start with one character. They said, all right, cool. Let's just start with all of our characters and build the arc from there. Right. And I don't see nothing wrong with that, to be honest. Sure. sure. So let me answer the question that I asked you, because I think it's a fair question. Um, I also tend to agree with you, not only for the consumer aspect of thing, but I, I appreciate the need for art and, and that artistic element to be acknowledged and appreciated. But my particular attitude with a lot of this is, so let's give a different artistic interpretation then. Right, right. Like, then if, if we are truly going to, if movies are truly art, and I, I, I firmly believe that they are, if mm -hmm. movies are art, then we have to say, okay, great, they're art. Then someone's allowed to do a different interpretation of that particular exactly. artistic work. Exactly. They're allowed to. They have permission to do that. Yep. And so that's kind of my take on it as far as from the art element and the art argument is, that's why you can do a movie like Dr. Sleep that no one fucking asked for, but it like elaborates on a classic mm -hmm. Stanley Kubrick movie of The Shining and it pulls it out and gives you another lens. Mm -hmm. Like you're allowed to do that because you can be inspired by a particular artistic piece mm -hmm. and say, I didn't get as an artist. I mean, the essential equivalent of this is someone is making a pot out of clay Mm -hmm. And then halfway or a quarter of the way through the pot, somebody comes up, the art teacher comes up, takes it away and gives it to another student. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't with a, have, with a completely different vision. Correct. So they didn't even get an opportunity to fully express his own version. If movies are art, then someone gets an opportunity to express their full version of it. And I'm actually less excited for the fans and more excited for Zack Snyder yes. because he gets to fully realize his vision. Yes. For what he wanted this to be mm -hmm. simply now because fans put pressure on it and they put pressure on it because they were pissed off about what they got yeah. so i think what this hopefully does is reinforces to movie studios that trust your director's vision especially when it comes to things that have deep fandoms behind them mm -hmm. because more than likely they are right the first time yeah and don't cut things don't snip things like Yep. The, you have to imagine that after going through that trauma that Zack Snyder went through, right? You lose a daughter, um, mm -hmm. and, and and that all of that, and in the process, the thing that you ex maybe maybe I don't know because I don't know him, but the thing that you express yourself through is tainted, right? Right. And you have to watch this flop of a film, and maybe somebody you even trusted to come because going back to that analogy of the pot, 
if you you making this this you're making this pot or you're making this vase, the other student could just all they know is making an, an ashtray. And of course, the ashtray yeah. is simple enough and it works because in Avengers, Josh Whedon has this director style of that's such Avengers. It's such a giddy go go lucky movie. Zack Snyder. This was a darker film. Batman yeah. versus Superman, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman. These this shit got dark. Yeah. It got even Wonder Woman wasn't this dark. Like these film, those two films got super dark and brought a reality to things. Even the opening credits, you can tell. And like all of a sudden, you get this Batman making corny one-liners and all this bullshit. And it's like that's not the characters that I know Josh Whedon studied and invested in themselves into. Excuse me. And when he went into the casting process, he casted the perfect characters. He said, Henry Cavill, you're going to be Superman. And I'll be honest, since Christopher Reeve, I think Henry Cavill is a pretty damn good Superman. Yeah, I would say um, so. I've never had issues with him. I think he's a great person for that to don the cape. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that this is, I'm excited to see what it's going to be. I hope we don't get this flip side and the other side of the sword, so to speak, of now I'm mad because art has no integrity because this isn't, this is a unique situation. And I think there's a lot more to take into account. And if I were making a podcast and if you and I were doing this podcast and my mom and my, my wife and your mom came walking in and said, we're doing the movie podcast. I'd be like, fuck you. Like, this is something that's mine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we talk about it, and, and Doug mentions it all the time, and, and I feel the same way, that we enjoy this thing that we do. It's this thing that we created, right. and whether we have five or zero, to be honest, I will listen to my own, I will listen to, yeah. for the lack of a better term, I will listen to my own art. If there's a museum, every museum is not the same. Yep. There's there's no way, and if there are, that's a problem, because there's so many different forms of art. Like, eventually, I don't, there's a portion of the museum that has ten, like Van Gogh art. But mm -hmm. the whole museum is not going to be Van Gogh art. It's going to be various styles. And so, like, that's why this is so important. It is a special scenario, and it is, it is important that he gets this out because I think that this could jumpstart the DC Universe. If this is the film that does it, then they say, well, then let's follow through with this. No, we can't get Ben Affleck back. But what we can do is hope that Robert Pattinson does a great, phenomenal job as Batman execute matt reeves executes the batman perfectly and then somehow either you keep them separate like the joker was and which i don't have a problem with or you bring them all together on the film together which i think you very much so can do or you do it like you normally would in like a comic book sort of arc which is batman has his own issues that are coming out you know weekly or monthly and the justice league without batman are also happening yeah. like it, it's okay to have multiple storylines that have different things going on and i almost think like i love marvel shit like i love everything that they've turned out like i've not been ever like really truly disappointed in anything that i've seen so i think that they've almost spoiled us because they've been able to tie them together so well yeah that now there's the possibility that they won't be and we're kind of all looking around but like wait like don't you want to tie them together yeah. and they don't have to be like they, they don't, don't like, they don't to. at all they could they could absolutely exist separately there's a chance that marvel fun. could fail um and yeah. there's a chance that marvel could not even fail that they miss a loop like, yeah you get through the whole tennis shoe like if you're lacing if you ever laced up old tennis shoes you could lace up an entire shoe and miss a hole Yep. And and you're like, fuck, I got to redo that whole thing because they have spoiled us in these future, these next phases of movies. If you completely disregard, you have to keep up with the history of this. Eventually, this cinematic universe will restart. 
Right. Where to restart? We will never fucking know. But it it has to restart because you're gonna start over with Iron Man and you're gonna recast Iron Man to a whole nother actor and you're gonna recast Captain America and you're gonna start this whole shit over again. And it'll probably be when I'm fifty. Like it'll probably be thirty, forty years from now that you end up deciding to do that. Right. But it's gonna happen. Like it has to happen. Right. It 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 this is this is we are living in a world where original stories are very hard to come by Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. there's so much content in the world which is awesome we live at a place where you know where it would have taken someone a week to create an entire cave painting like back long long ago we are producing that same quality of work in a matter of hours yep and you can turn out that stuff fucking fast so their original stories are hard to come by i don't say that they don't exist and i'm not saying that this is justification for like continuing to go into consumerism sort of artistic perspective Mm -hmm. but we have to acknowledge the fact that at some point in time this is going to get rebooted um and they may screw it up and they may screw it up and i think the only thing is is i think again they spoiled us and we expected dc to come out of the gate super super hot like the mcu did and they didn't and i think everybody blamed them for going whoops we missed a loop I'm just happy that they missed a loop early and now are trying to go back and re-loop it as opposed to then introduce, could you mean imagine where they introduce Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter and some of these other characters and they're casted by different people and then they go, oh shit, we got to go back and do Zack Snyder's cut. Nah, man, like that, that would have been, that would have been more egg on their face than we are only three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I want to say this before we, before we move on, there is a chance that this Justice League movie fails. There oh, is a chance yeah. that it's not everything that it was hyped up to be. And I think that that's the other part that we need to get used to. We being the nerds, we being the hardest critics of anything, because that'll yep. kind of go into the Ruby Rose like news that I have a little bit later. But yep. um, we have to be able to give things a chance, right. a chance to grow, a chance to fail. But you mm-hmm. have to be able to give it a chance and not parallel and mirror things so bad that you're so used to one way. That's like, like in life in general, you have to be able to maneuver and adjust accordingly. Like, right. don't just think that everybody's the same and going to do things. DC already said, we don't want to do that. And if this right. is successful, then I think they can move forward in that. But if not, it could be a one-off and you know, Hey, this is what you wanted. Stop asking us for it. We're going to now move forward the way that we want to move forward with Shazam, with Harley Quinn, etc., etc. This is, this is a home run for them either way, yep. because if they release it and it kills, look at us. We were genius. We gave him a shot. We let him come back. We let him do it. Don't you love us? Keep coming yep. to our shit. Yep. Or if it doesn't work, it says, okay, everybody, we gave him his shot. It didn't work out. Trust us. We know better. Mm-hmm. Either way, they're right. Like yep. either way, they're not wrong. So it's easier for us to say, hey, like, we're going to go ahead and do this and release it and it'll be interesting and we'll see what happens mm-hmm. because i mean it's a win-win situation for them yeah yep so cool all right here's what i got for my first piece of movie news that was a really good discussion by the way uh, here's my first piece of news and it came from a report it was a survey that was put out by um that was put out by an analytics firm called performance research Um, And they surveyed a thousand people in mid-May and the results of that survey said that 70% of people are more likely to watch a new movie from home than at a local theater, even if they were both an option at the same time. Is this uh, 
post-corona? No, this is, they put in it out in May. Oh, wow. They said if both options were an option at the same time, so if both were a choice, they would still prefer to watch it at home. Now, there's some data that complicates that. I mean, obviously, there are people who are still nervous about, and you and I have even talked about this at the beginning of this podcast, of being a little nervous about um, life now that we are in second wave and all that jazz. But I still think it's telling. If people are saying that they want to see movies that are new, even if they can go to the theater and there isn't a coronavirus, mm -hmm. students are saying that they would prefer to watch them at home. That's going to shape how we do business going forward. Now, it's only a thousand people, yeah. Yeah. only a thousand people, which if you're talking survey sizes of the entire United States, it's pretty like point, small, very small serving size, point, like zero, 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 one percent. Yeah. But it's interesting because it, 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 it definitely tells us that maybe these theaters were kind of on the right track um, to kind of see how things are going to go um, and to see where things are at. So um, it's now kind of looking like um, in my, this is kind of similar. So I'm going to jam two pieces of news together. Um, it's kind of looking like, um, what was the new one? There's another movie that was going to go straight to um, video. They're saying that the SpongeBob movie, which I mean, is a kid's movie. And in terms of making money for a studio is a great opportunity. They love these because kids mm -hmm. love to go and watch their characters from home on a big screen. They're saying that this could go, it's more than likely going to go to video on demand like Scoob and like Trolls did because mm -hmm. those have been so successful. So interesting to see just, again, yeah. the impact of the world that we live in now playing out and maybe changing a staple of what we consider to be um, a societal norm, which is going to a movie theater. It kind of makes me sad, though. Um, I love the movie theater experience. Mm -hmm. And there are only some, I was talking to this to my buddy, um, there are only certain movies that you have to experience yep. um, in a movie theater. Like my sound system can't do the same, unless you have like a surround sound system, a right. nice TV, there's certain movies that have to be experienced. Like imagine experience Avatar like we did the, when it first came out at yeah. home. I don't yeah, think that it would tough. be the same. Yeah, it'd be tough. Yeah, be and tough. My, my granddad actually had a sound system that he bought a um, long time ago. He bought this sound system that literally shook the house like yeah. it had like separate pieces that you set on the floor and everything like that. that and um he he purchased avatar and he had this new 50 inch screen tv um and purchased avatar which and was probably big at the home. time it was like, big it was huge it was a big tv at the time it was huge that was maybe it was like 45 it was like 45 but it was that's, yeah. that was like a big thing back then and even watching it with that surround sound system in the house and watching it on that TV, it just was not the same experience no. that when I watched Avatar in the movie theater, it just wasn't the same. And, yep. and, and the environment is everything, you know what I'm saying? Of course you feel more comfortable at home, but do you right. really pay attention to the movie when like you're supposed to? Because if I put some skin in the game and I'm going out, if I took the time to go out right. to pay the money to then pay for popcorn or whatever the case may be, I'm more invested to pay attention to a film as opposed to paying for it at home where I can pause it, stop, go, answer the phone, get the kids, whatever the case may be, where I'm not really digesting that movie like I should be. Right. I think what this will more than likely do, and to kind of your point, I think we're on the precipice of having some of these things that were considered, and this is what makes me excited is, is sort of the social equity of it all, is I think that there are some of these things that were on the precipice of getting cheaper versions of higher end products. So for mm -hmm. example, that sound system that your granddad had, 
at, there was a point in time where there were only people who had money who could afford that type of That's, system. Yeah. And that stuff. So yeah. what this will more than likely do is it will push the industry to respond. Mm -hmm. Okay. 75% of new movies are going to be released at home. Now we've made a surround sound system with cheaper product, with cheaper materials, and we're going to make it accessible to everybody so they can mm -hmm. recreate the theater experience in their house. You, and I think we, there's going to be this because yeah. that's what happened with 3D. Because remember, yeah. 3D came out and Avatar was our, our, our leading principle here. Avatar came out and like the next year they were like introducing 3D TV. Mm -hmm. More expensive, mm -hmm. but now they throw that shit on like and you don't even read it. You right. realize it when you bring the TV home in the box. Like, oh shit, it's got 3D. I didn't even realize that. Like it's, right. it's one of those things that it just becomes the norm. So maybe what this is going to do is our sound improvement, our video improvement, all of it is going to start to be increased and more normalized for the general public. Yeah. I could kind of see it um, if you're talking about that, if we're going that speaker route, that movie theaters are partnering with companies. Yep. So AMC presents this Dolby surround sound yeah. um, from Bose. Yep. Um, and that's how that they make their money is like, we're since we can't open up or whatever the case may be, let us deliver a speaker yeah. experience, a movie experience to you. And I think that that would be something to say that if you can afford a a movie theater sound system and a movie theater screen and that kind of experience. Yeah. Um, and and it's affordable to everybody. They'll make their money on the back end when it's time to order movies. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. For sure. And that's, and that's exactly how they'll do it is they'll, yeah. they'll get some of these bigger names. Like, like you said, like Dolby to start turning out some of this other stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so, um, for my next piece of news, for Sony Pictures, there's reportedly a strong possibility um, they will be um, directing a, an upcoming female-centric Marvel movie um, centered on Madam Web. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but they're saying that because Matt, uh, S.J. Clarkson uh, is supposed to be directing, but they're saying that um, Madam Web, because she doesn't have any direct enemies, that they'll kind of go like a different route where they may give her an enemy and give her a different storyline. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Um, for those of you not familiar with Madam Web, she is another additional character. If you've ever watched the 90s, um, is it the 80s or the 90s? I won't say the 90s. The 90s Spider-Man. The old Fox Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah. In the the, morning. Honestly, yeah. one of the best, better versions of Spider-Man. Oh, I love that one. That was awesome. Yeah. I miss when cartoons were that cohesive. Like mm -hmm. when Spider-Man even crossed over to Fantastic Four or then he crossed over to X-Men. Yeah. He was still the same Spider-Man from those, so I thought that that was kind of dope. Um, back and that then, cartoon, up with that. and that cartoon was super cool because they always had parts. Like I remember mm -hmm. when Disney Plus first came out, that was like the first thing I watched. I'm like, I'm gonna go on mm -hmm. donating plasma, I'm, or as earning plasma dollars, as I like to refer to them as. I need to donate some plasma, actually. And, um, I remember, like, watching that, and I would log on, and it was like Night of the Hobgoblin Part One. Yeah, Night of the Hobgoblin part two yeah. like and they had sometimes three four five six even seven parts yep. to a cartoon and so it was just the cohesiveness of it like you said mm -hmm. was key. but yeah i saw that same piece of news about madam web which would be interesting mm -hmm. yeah you know uh sony sony is really they're really i think they're setting something up yep. um I, with spider-man because you have all these characters you have morbius 